You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. The correct Jernier Stadium time is 8.26 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by College and Magnolia. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I'm Drew Croson, at Center Crow 2 on Twitter, at Center Crow on Venmo. To one side of me, via the magic of telepresence, is the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett. At Ryan S. Starrett, the S is for she totally killed her husband and fed him to tigers. Totally, yeah, yeah. To the other side of me, giving you full Fort Payne ASMR, a man from Fort Payne, Alabama, a man who saw a tiger, and that tiger saw a man, the AU chief. Hello. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about how did you ever get into this? There are no sports. Sports uh, were a myth. They were like Greek mythology or something that your grandparents told you about that you don't really believe. And so uh, we're not talking about that anymore. We're going to talk about something that matters. Like how did you get into that weird hobby or thing that you love? And we brought on a special guest today, Mr. Josh Black, to talk to us about professional wrestling. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I hope everybody out there is doing well and staying safe tonight. Well, I just got a text from my mom that she lost power, so that's super fun during a during a quarantine. Um, good time. I'm staying safe by not getting fed to a tiger. Nice. Josh, did you watch uh, WrestleMania 32 on ESPN last night? Uh, I did not. I decided to skip out on watching it because I was there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I WrestleMania. I was, uh, I was tipped off that it was uh, on uh, just in time to turn it on to see – New Day, who I absolutely despise, and uh, <laughs> but it was just in time to see Stone Cold start dancing and then uh, give one of them uh, the old stunner and then crack some beers with HBK and Mankind. So that was pretty fun. Were they Steve Weisers? Yes. The IPA. I've had his IPA. It's awesome. It's nice. so good. I've heard it's good. I want to try it. Okay, yeah, so you – okay, so I was into wrestling from the years – of let's see me being in the sixth grade probably earlier than that fourth or fifth grade all the way until probably my junior high school i knew everything that was going on after that i kind of fell out of it but still kind of knew some of the players so I, because that was kind of like prime the rock stone cold steve austin wcw versus yeah, that uh, wwf deep. that whole thing and a lot of my age our age were super into it at that point yeah but then a lot of people kind of like i did kind of it petered out so that that's the attitude there is that right um yes, yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah monday night wars between uh raw and nitro 
And okay. I was a, See, so I, I was started in. watching it. I started watching it like 2003 to 2008 or so. So I was right after I think when you stopped watching Crow. So I was I was a big Nitro guy until yeah, me too. Me too. the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I believe he he stuttered somebody on Raw, and my brother was like, "You gotta turn on Raw," and that was it. I remember watching Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think it may have been it may have been like a a, a very famous like he stuns the Rock or something like that, and it was like everything changed. I was like, "Man, forget the WCW. I am in on whatever this is." <laughs> oh yeah. So what got you into it, Josh? I grew up with. Uh an older brother who was into it. So as a little kid, I got real big into, um, my older brother is six years older than I am. So I was kind of like an only kid in a house with an older sister and an older brother. Um, so I got into it because my older brother was into it. So that's kind of the cool thing to do is whatever my older brother's doing must be, uh, the thing that I need to be into. And so I was real big into, kind of I'm, I've always been a bit of a collector and so I would buy back when I was a kid all their action figures and collect them I did nice, as nice. an adult get out of that hobby I'm not I'm not that committed but uh that's kind of how I got started into it Ultimate Warrior Macho Man that that group about 1990 through 92 well before yeah. I had a tape a Macho Man tape so I was in on that too Oh, yeah. Three out of the four of us on this podcast remember that day and age. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, going to the old Video Express and checking out uh, some old home video from, like, their European tour or something, thinking it was, like, the newest thing, because um, I never was allowed to order the pay-per-views as a kid. Right. Um, I kind of disconnected from it, got back into it around the same time that you did, Crow, Um I wasn't actually allowed to watch WWF at the time because it was too risque. Right. They cussed too much and uh, showed a little bit too much uh, of the ladies. Yeah, it's Sable, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It's her name. So, so what Trish I would Stratus. do... Yeah, so, yeah I, would, I would tell my mom that I was upstairs in the playroom watching WCW, when in reality I was just flipping back and forth between the two because how could you not watch right. you know, Stone Cold and The Rock? I mean, that sure, was awesome. Sure. Um, so I got right back out of it after that phase, just like you did. And then ended up, I guess, out of just sheer boredom when I was at Auburn. And because I hate the NFL with an undying passion, (laughs) I got to have something to watch on Monday nights in, in my apartment. So I would turn back, I would turn back on wrestling and just kind of followed it loosely. And really started getting hardcore back into it when I met my future now wife. So, nice. yeah. so did you have a, um, a wrestle buddy? Oh, I, was, I, had, I was about to ask that. Too. <laughs> Great I had, question. I, dude, I had two and a trampoline. I had a yes. Hulk Hogan and the old school oh, warrior and a trampoline. So Brian, oh, yeah. they used to make these pillows shaped like people called wrestle buddies. And they would look like Hulk Hogan or Macho. I had a I had a Macho Man, and <laughs> it sting. It was ostensibly you sleeping with a pillow man in your bed as a child. About to say it seems uh, a little it's, creepy. It's, but it's, a stuffed, also, it's a stuffed wrestler. Ryan, they also back then when we were kids, kids would do this thing where they went outside and jumped on uh, these bouncy things with springs attached to them. I'm sure that <laughs> sure your iPad generation doesn't know anything about it. Oh, come on. I grew up on a trampoline. 
We grew up outside, Ryan. Yeah, but yours had a big net around it, didn't it, Ryan? <laughs> it certainly did not. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, wow. All right. Anything goes with Mama Jane's. That's true. <laughs> a Royal Rumble, so to speak. Yeah. Yes. So, it, so what was the moment, Josh, that it clicked and you were like, as an adult, I'm still going to be, I'm in on this? I think the moment, I, I don't know that I had necessarily had a moment where it clicked for me. I would always just kind of flip it on to watch in passing to kill the time because let's be honest, when it's like if you're not hardcore into every single sport, which I'm not, I'm not going to watch the Braves in the summertime. Sorry, James. Sorry, anybody <laughs> else. I would much rather watch wrestling for two hours that gives me actual storytelling and something to pay attention to that doesn't put me to sleep. And so, like, I think the moment that I realized it was okay to, to watch it as an adult was when my now wife, when we were dating, suggested that for Halloween one year, we go as pro wrestlers. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, if she thinks this is okay, then this you know, <laughs> kind of secret habit that I've had yeah. is something that, like, all right, this is kind of back into where it's something from our childhood that now kind of is, is cool again. So did you get that super Halloween, nervous that you were going to like be too excited about that concept and just go, okay, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to be wrestlers anymore. She, <laughs> she actually made me feel pretty comfortable with it because she used to, in a former life, uh, worked in Atlanta for the peach bowl. And okay. so she went to WrestleMania in Atlanta and sat in press row and realized how awesome it is to go to those things. And so, um yeah it was pretty wild so she made the call that she was going to be ultimate warrior and i was going to be the undertaker and oh, so, yes. great. oh yeah just so you know the process of oh yeah just so you know the process of becoming the undertaker and i'll text you guys pictures of this but yeah, which I, undertaker is this this is this is Post motorcycle taker back. Oh, when, not American badass. Is, is, is uh, dead man walking? Is this dead I man mean, walking? I, I couldn't live with my phone playing Rolling by Limp Biscuit on repeat. <laughs> need to make a change for that. <laughs> so I grew out my beard for like four weeks, which is a pretty long time for me because I can grow a beard really fast. Uh, if y'all are looking at me right now. I haven't shaved in six days. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, if you're listening to this, he has a beard down to his waist. <laughs> well, ZZ Top right now. Yeah. Yeah. He could be a member of ZZ Top. That's right. Um, anyway, so I shaved my beard into the goatee that he has and like even went to the detail of cutting into the lip so it had like the thing that went up to it. And then I bought I bought on Amazon a bunch of fake tattoo sleeves. And sure. like I, I'm real big into weightlifting. So I've lifted heavy for like a month to try and bulk up and get jacked for this. And realized as I'm about to apply these things, holy crap, like this isn't gonna work because I have arm hair, which makes sense. Oh, because. yeah. So I had to shave my arm hair. Arm oh, hair off. man. Oh, yeah. So shaved my arm hair off and adhered tattoos to both arms that I looked awesome. I'm not going to lie. I looked great. I bought a singlet top. I had an Undertaker <laughs> trench coat, wig, and hat that they already had at a Halloween store. And had to go to an adult male site to buy leather pants. <laughs> Comparing to this Halloween party. 
Like I went all out, and I'll show you pictures of it. She applied eyeliner to my eyes, and I did her face paint for the Ultimate Warrior. And needless to say, we looked awesome. Uh, oh, and I also had a world title belt that I won in a poker game when I was a student at Auburn. Nice. So, yeah, so, you know, long way of answering your question, Jessica had a lot to do with me being okay with it. Right. And now, now that I think about it also, uh, winning that world title belt when I, in a poker game at Auburn was one of those moments where like, okay, that's badass. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I'm a fan of this. I have a world title belt. And yeah. Did I it have a spinner on it when, uh, when Cena won it? No. See, Ryan, wrestling before John <laughs> Cena, when you were, when, before you were born, had these things called actual belts with gold plates that didn't spin because our attention uh, was longer. the fun in that? I yeah. know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's downstairs in my uh, sports cave that my wife and I have done, hanging up on the wall, actually. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. So That's amazing stories about my wife with that too actually you know the 30 for 30 documentary that they did with rick flair right yeah 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 she went to the premiere of that in atlanta while we were married and living in different cities i couldn't get off of work and was sitting next to and had a lovely conversation with a pro wrestler by the name of mark calloway do you know who mark calloway is by chance no it's the undertaker no way yeah. Did she show him pictures of her husband dressed as The Undertaker? She did! That's so good! Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and she was like, you're going to kill me, Mr. Undertaker, but i got to take a picture with you because of it, because my husband will kill me if I don't. And he was like, right. well, yeah, let's take a picture of them. I've heard he's one of the nicest people on the face of the earth. Too. He was he was a true gentleman. Unlike Ric Flair, who my wife actually met <laughs> years prior in a bar at Myrtle Beach where he took his pants off while standing on top of the bar. <laughs> Not surprised. Classic no. Rick Flair. Rick Flair is Rick Flair twenty four seven. Yeah, some so, of these guys yeah. are doing a character. He's not. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. I don't think Macho Man was doing a character either. <laughs> I think that was just him. Well, him with a little bit of help. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I I I became okay with it as an adult through the fact that my wife thought it was cool. She had been to something outside of with me and and thought it was cool. And so, yeah, I mean, I I don't watch it every week now, but I mean, WrestleMania is on this Sunday and amidst all the weird circumstances of, you know, and not having people in the crowd or anything, I will watch it because, I mean, (laughs) let's be honest, what the hell else is going on? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm surprised ESPN it. hasn't decided to put that on on prime time. Like, pay WWE whatever you take because it's the only li- it's the only live event. You know, right now that there are more people in this country watching USA for this purpose of having something live on their television than at any point in the last twenty years. Yep. Just yeah, just because they're bored. Josh, I am looking up bike races that I don't know who wins that I w- otherwise didn't watch. I'm finding the whole thing on YouTube and watching it as if it's happening now, and not and like not looking up who won it. Going okay, I'm just gonna figure out this like it's happening now. I just I'm yeah. dying for sports or any sort of entertainment where people are doing things and I don't know how it ends. Yeah, I think. E- go ahead. Go, uh, Everton's uh, has been like for the last two weeks playing like old matches that have, they have archived. Um, I guess when they're playing them, you know it's. It's either a really good draw or it's usually a win, yeah. but I don't. I have no clue, you know, what happened in a lot of those games. So it's been kind of fun to watch some of those. 
I last weekend watched one of my favorite all-time football games that I've not seen in about a year and a half. And I know the outcome of it, but it still is worth rewatching because it's the greatest example I've ever seen of two teams trying to trying not to screw up and waiting for the other team to screw up. And it's Notre Dame NC State from 2016 where they literally <laughs> played in a hurricane. Oh my Man. god. I forgot about that game. Uh, yeah. Isn't this the game where Notre Dame still threw like 30 or 40 times? Yeah, and NC State. <laughs> we should do a list on the. This is us doing. This is us producing the show on the show. We should do a list either for this show or for our website that we are part of, collegeofmagnolia.com, in which we list everybody lists their top five favorite Auburn games to rewatch for people who are dying to watch. Sports. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, I think we know somebody who can hook us up with every single one of those games. Probably. <laughs> my number one is the 2014 LSU game, by the way. Just going to go ahead and say it's my favorite. It's, only one I, it's the only game I've rewatched more than twice. Uh, it's, it, it would be one that I would get a lot of enjoyment out of because I do not remember most of the game. So uh, I, I, I know remember lots of points. Yeah, yeah. I know how I it is. We were laughing a lot during the game. Yeah. So um, I might that that 2014 Auburn team produced the greatest quarterback in our lifetime for Auburn. I wouldn't say it, but some people might. Yeah. No. Post Cam. Sure. <laughs> the best post Cam quarterback was from Texas, famously from Texas. <laughs> you, guys, yeah, but... you guys are really sleeping on the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, Jared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. That's All right. <laughs> Famously from Texas. They talked about it every game. That's true. Will, will, uh, assuming there is a, uh, an opening day of the NFL, will he be the starting quarterback on opening day? It's either going to be him or the I, other I think, quarterback. From I I'm think Jared Stidham will be the starting quarterback on the New England Patriots in Madden 21. Okay. There I think go. it's going to be Cameron <laughs> Jarrell Newton. No, he's going to end up in the San Diego, right? And they're going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, like, oh. yeah the yeah. Patriots are going to yeah, be no in San Diego anymore. Anyway, we don't want to talk about the yeah. NFL. <laughs> what a joke. Sports don't exist. We are here talking yeah. about professional wrestling. But, uh, Josh, anything else you want to talk about, anyone say about that, about how you got into professional wrestling and why you think – would you consider yourself a smart? That's a term that I learned from yeah, Chief, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, I – yeah, I don't really get. I, I don't. I'm not one of these. It's still real to me, damn it. He's right. As <laughs> uh, fun as those people are, um, honestly, I I do enjoy like the 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 why the behind the scenes of what goes into decision making in it I, and the behind the curtain feel to it. I'm more interested in that than I am the actual wrestling itself. Um, Watching a 20-minute wrestling match is not something that, I mean, is really that interesting to me. It's more about the storyline and is the storyline captivating and why is it not captivating? Why do the fans hate it? Why does everyone hate John Cena? Well, the reason is because John Cena sucks. But other than that, why do people hate him? And, you know, I, it, that that to me is what I, what I find to be interesting about it. Um, and just knowing that everything that they do is for a reaction of 20,000 people in that audience. And it's super fun to watch when that audience just 
craps on whatever products they're putting out. <laughs> and instead of changing it, they lean harder into their oh, yeah. own stupidness because oh, yeah. they're run by a psychopath. <laughs> and so, like, they purposely troll their own fans. And honestly, if you're just watching this from a 3,000-foot view, it's kind of awesome to see this company just go, no, screw you guys, you're going to pay money to us anyway, so we're going to do what we want and make them mad, and they still go back to it. Don't I they all that- hate Roman Reigns? Isn't that a thing that's happening? Yeah, that, that's a thing. Everyone hates Roman Reigns. Um, Except because- for kids. The kids love him. Yeah, me. the kids love him. Everyone seems to hate Roman Reigns because he's the guy that they chose to be the next guy after John Cena. And, you know, everybody hated John Cena because he always won and wasn't any, there was no realistic part to his character. You know, people like me grew up liking more of the Shawn Michaels type that is more of an underdog and, you know, is really good in the ring, but he loses a lot. Or Ric Flair because he loses a lot, but he still comes back the next night and says that he's the man. There's interesting elements to those characters, but... You know, Hulk Hogan doesn't play in 2020. You know, yeah. nobody nobody likes that guy. Everybody no. wants to watch that guy get beat up. You need a, you need. Josh, what's your, what's your favorite Zamboni into into the ring? Yeah, what's your favorite yeah. match of all time? Uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. If you watch one wrestling match, start to finish, watch that one. It is one of the I few th- instances where. Right time, right place, right people, and it is legitimately one hell of a story that they tell for like half an hour in the ring. It's awesome. Nice, and you can watch uh, all of these on WWE Network. Uh, they pay us. Subscribe to that, right? No, they're Hon- not. Honestly, <laughs> I'm one of the few suckers that pays for it. It's basically free if you've never yeah. signed up. Right. It's so. But, I mean, the coolest thing I've ever seen live was what they showed on ESPN the other night. Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon's son, who, you know, for those of you that hate pro wrestling, other than Lydia, who's not listening to this podcast. (laughs) She she tuned out. Yeah. Yeah, Lydia's been gone for a while. So Um, anybody who doesn't follow this needs to know that it's run, the WWE at least, is run by a true psychopath in his 70s by the name of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has some serious uh, idiosyncrasies that make zero sense. If you, <laughs> if, like, for instance, if you sneeze in the same room as him, he will cuss you out and throw you out of the room. He hates sneezing. It's just a thing. Hey, looks looks like he's right. right about now. Yeah, it turns out <laughs> he's going to outlive us all at this point. <laughs> he sleeps an average of two to four hours of night. It's no surprise that they are running events right now because they ran an event after a wrestler died in the ring from falling from the ceiling. They yep. ran the rest of, of the event after that happened 20 years ago. He is, he is truly like a, a carnival, um, a, 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 a ringmaster carnival type that the show must go on and he is a crazy person who also is a billionaire and is also, oddly enough, because this is real life, very close friends with the President of the United States <laughs> and his wife is in the President's cabinet. So WWE Hall of Famer. That's know. right. So yes. his son is like a legitimate you know, psychopath in a different way. Um, he's my he, favorite wrestler to watch. Yeah, because he's just 
fearless. Like he does yeah. stupid stunts that should kill people and just on the regular because I think he legitimately has a death wish. So we're in Dallas for WrestleMania and they said there was like 110,000 people in Jerry World. There weren't. It was like 88,000. They inflate all their numbers. But the coolest thing I've ever seen live is the Hell in a Cell match, which Undertaker and Mankind made famous like 22 years ago because yeah. Mankind got thrown off of it. Well, they made the cell like twice as tall since then. And Shane McMahon, when he challenged the <laughs> match, everybody was like, oh, well, Shane's going to jump off the cell. <laughs> like Everybody just knew automatically, oh, he's going to jump off the cell. Well, yeah, he did. And oh seeing that, I was like 20 rows back and seeing that and hearing the thud. I was legitimately worried that the dude had died. I mean, it's insane. It was yeah, it was. He's always going to jump off something. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, I, I can't say enough fun things about that. I mean, tickets were expensive for it for where we were that night. But, guys, that show was seven and a half hours long. Oh, my and God. It, <laughs> the thing about it was is that it's not sports. And so you yeah. don't have to worry about who's winning and losing. You're just there to be entertained. Seven and nope. a half hours. You just stood there in the like, you stood there in the arena in Jerry. Oh World. no, we were, we we were in Jerry World, and you know Jerry's got comfy seats in that sure. place. We were on lower level too, so we weren't like on the floor, but we were on we were on if this was if this was set up for football, we would have been on about the thirty five yard line, sure, twenty rows up. So I mean, we were in great seats because my wife had the hookup through friends at WWE since she used to work in sports. Um, still does, but she used to work for the Peach Bowl. Um, and so, I mean, we're just hanging out, chilling, having a great time, drinking beer and eating a bunch of Jerry World food for seven and a half hours. They're <laughs> entertained. Like, That's incredible. And I, was everybody on this call at the Kick Six? Yeah, uh, yes. I was. No, I was not. I was in Colorado. Okay. So if you were there, you kind of remember when Chris Davis passed – the kicker who just got his head taken off in a block <laughs> a holder. And you heard this just like crescendo roar in the stadium, right? Yep. Like it, yep. It's the loudest I've ever heard Jordan Hare in my life. And I feel like I can say that from an educated standpoint because I don't miss many games. When that glass shattered and Stone Cold came out in Dallas – it was louder than any moment of any Auburn game I've ever attended in my life. And it was truly, it was an out-of-body experience. It's amazing. That's crazy. The glass shattering, when I, even when I was into it, when the glass would shatter, I've tried to describe this to my wife. Who it's spiritual. It's like, it is, it's like a soccer goal. But it's like a yeah. soccer goal you didn't know the game was even happening. Like you didn't know it was about to happen. And it happened. And now we're here, and it's just so, you're so excited, you're elated because that noise happened. It's a it's a Pavlov's dog's uh, reaction to to something that's just so much fun. All for a dude that came out and kicked a bunch of people in the tummy, yes. and then sat down on the floor <laughs> and then drank a bunch of beer, and we all lost our freaking minds. All yeah. eighty thousand of us. It was awesome. And his like, uniform is like a. He used to be like a black speedo. And black boots. It wasn't like he was doing a bunch of like crazy when things. He black speedos. He was in jorts. Or yeah, jorts. Jorts are yeah. the best. 
And a camo hat. Don't forget yeah. about the camo hat. George's oh, vest <laughs> with a skull in the back. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I mean, but it's all again, like anybody that hates this stuff, just go to a live event. Just go to go to a pay-per-view show in Atlanta. They run through there like once every two years for a pay-per-view. Go to something like that. It's just it's fun. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing about it is I, I don't have to defend being a big nerd about it. I'm not a big nerd with it. I'm not watching right now. I don't care what's going on. I'll watch Sunday because it's something to do. But if you go to a live event and are not entertained, it's because you don't like to have fun. Right. People say the same about NASCAR. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. I don't think NASCAR it would excite me to the to ne- near the extent that maybe seven you and a half hours of WWE would. NASCAR event. That's not one of those. I'm gonna take the wife out and go to Talladega. <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta you gotta go with the right people and just hang out in the infield for a while because it it ain't about cars going left the whole time. Right. <laughs> It's like when I went to Dallas. The Dallas has a, uh, a horse racing track, Lone Star Park, that had dollar days, and it was dollar beers, dollar hot dogs, and dollar bets, and dollar popcorn, dollar nachos. Everything was a dollar. And you go there with twelve bucks, you're having a heck of a time. Yeah, yeah. And we would go there for like three and a half hours, four hours, and watch the horse races. And again, like after about three races, it's not about the horse racing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you're just hanging out. So again, Crow, imagine doing something like that, but each match match looks and feels different and the crowd reacts differently. Seven and a half hours is a dang good way to spend some money and go hang out, especially for us when we did it in Dallas. Like, that's a cool place to be regardless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can spend a lot less money going in J-World, but get a lot worse out of it. Yeah, yeah. You can go watch a Cowboys game. Exactly. Yeah. So how does this look when they do WrestleMania with no one there? Yeah, that too. I would, that, but you know, they were they were in Tampa this year anyway. So I mean, who wants to go to Tampa? <laughs> When's the last time Auburn's had a good experience in Tampa? Uh, absolutely never. <laughs> <laughs> were they going to play where the Rays play? <laughs> no, they were oh, going to play at the stadium. The like drop. they. WrestleMania this year had a pirate theme and everything just because oh, they were going to play in the Buck Oh, man. Gasparilla. <laughs> I wonder if they booked Mike Leach. <laughs> oh, my God. He would be, oh, my God. He would be so excellent <laughs> in the ring. Oh just my weird right wing conspiracy theories and bizarre <laughs> stuff. Uh, Mike Leach versus McFoley. That's the match. Mike Leach, I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of beers with Mike Leach when he was working for Sirius XM, and they came in for SEC Media Days. Uh, and he's he was in the same room. Spencer Hall introduced me to him. And me and Spencer and Mike Leach are sitting at a table while everybody in that place that's not a media member is fawning over Clay Travis in the corner. Ooh. While Oh, While I'm listening to Mike Leach spit Copenhagen into a Starbucks styrofoam <laughs> cup and talk about how Graham Harrell's ass was so big that you could balance a Budweiser on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect. is USC offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. That's right. Who's going to have a job in 2021 at USC if we don't have football this fall? Yeah. <laughs> Man. No one's getting fired. Look at Shaka yeah. Smart. 
Corona screwed us over. We don't get Greg Brown because Shaka Smart lost his last game by like 30 to Oklahoma State, and they didn't. They were down 42 to 20 at halftime. Should have just fired him there. And they didn't fire him because they couldn't, in good faith, they couldn't, like, in good conscience, get a bunch of people to get the buyout together in the midst of a quarantine and fire this dude before before uh, the recruiter. They're certainly not Ole Miss. They're uh, a little too polite to ask. Jeez, you know that things are bad if Texas can't find enough people to pay money. <laughs> I'm sure they had the money. It's more, I bet they didn't, they wanted to avoid the PR disaster of, yeah, we paid this guy $25 million the same day the market took a huge crash. We don't really care. We're Texas. Our money's in real estate. Yeah. I mean, the price of oil is real low, too. So I mean, that might have something to do with it as well. Yeah, it's about $20 a barrel as of my last conference call. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think that, like, all you that want to criticize pro wrestling, you get back to me in June when you're starving for – any talk about the NBA, <laughs> you're paying attention to an NFL draft that may not mean anything in the fall. You tell me what you think about Roman Reigns come June of this summer. <laughs> Dude, they're, they're playing soccer games. They just are. I read that the English Premier League is set to lose a billion dollars if it doesn't finish its season, but they'll only lose $150 million if they finish it with no fans. They're finishing this thing. They ain't losing a uh, well, billion dollars. Well, you, UEFA's trying to like make them finish it too. They're gonna do yeah. it. They're gonna scan every player as they walk in the walk in the stadium, play the games, and then play them one after another. They're gonna they might play four games a day just to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I you know there's a part of me that thinks that you would see that here, but then I can't see any way that I mean college football will go just like college basketball did with the NBA. College football will go the direction of the NFL. And if the NFL can't have fans, there's no way that the Players Association will come to an agreement of wanting to actually start that season. They were yeah. talking about moving the NFL. I read some idiot today saying the NFL was talking about making a compound in Las Vegas, like one, like three or four hotels, putting all the players in those hotels and then just playing all the games at the Raider Stadium with no fans, and nobody leaves. We play two games a week. <laughs> nobody leaves before we're getting these games in. I mean, no I, way. Yeah, what do you do? Like on the unfortunate. Families. Yeah, on the unfortunate circumstance that somebody has a not not critical but serious injury, and our hospitals are overrun. I wonder what order in that they're going to get in the Las, in the in the nearest Las Vegas uh, emergency room. I know you got you don't have any beds, but look, Dak Prescott has an ankle injury. You got to play next week. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably, well, the NFL probably just build their own hospital too. Jerry did. <laughs> of course, there's, Jerry. Of course, of course there's, a, did. there's a hospital at the Dallas Cowboys training facility. Oh my God! Full hospital with full staff. I mean, anybody that, can go is, to it, but that's where it is. Is that why they chose that site over uh, Arlen, Texas? Uh, the training facility is in Frisco, the Star. <laughs> it's called. There's a there's an episode of King of the Hill where Hank tries to get the, the Cowboys to, <laughs> to make Arlen their training Arlen. facility. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, I, I know we've gonna... deviated some from pro wrestling here, and no, it's that's good. 
probably on me for distracting everybody. Sorry, I'm looking for as many distractions right now as I can. But. We all are, and that's why we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back, and we're going to hear about how Chief got into Star Wars. Oh, God. <laughs> Hope you guys got another hour. <laughs> and we're back. We are back 35 minutes and 18 seconds into this bad boy. I like how we just put our production just right out on Front Street. Dude, it's like The Clash or The Ramones. We don't play with any of this nonsense. We're just, boom, hard guitars, volume up to 11. <laughs> we are, we're punk rock on this podcast now. Chief, yeah. how did you get into Star Wars? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I was uh, three years old, and my mom, probably because I was driving her crazy, set me down in front of our... Uh, Family TV, a TV which I still have. It's in my son's room. Uh, it's a like 19-inch Zenith uh, that was used at uh, one of the June jams in Fort Payne, the uh, country music festival that Alabama used to put on. Anyway, uh, th- that's a whole other story. Um, but she sat me down and told me uh, at three years old that this was uh, this movie changed everything. It was one of the greatest movies ever made. Blah blah blah. And I was just enraptured, and um, I loved it. She had taped it off of, I believe, CBS on TV. Um, I had that same tape for years. Um, I probably went several years without watching it. I remember watching it um, when we had to stay at my my grandparents' house in Valley Head when my um, grandfather got sick and watched it there. Um, didn't really watch the others that much until I was probably around 10 uh, and you know, it used to come on USA every, uh, every, uh, Christmas. Um, and that's really how I experienced it until the, the special editions came out. Um, so, uh, I don't know if, if you guys know much about the Star Wars fan community, but there's, uh, there's like the original trilogy people and then there's people, uh, like me who, were born after the movies were done coming out basically. And, um, I really, I think we're the special edition generation because those were the movie. Those actually came out in theater when those people born between 1983 and 1999 would have maybe seen those in the, in the theater. And then after that's the prequel generation, and then there's the Clone Wars, and now there's probably a sequel trilogy generation. But uh, that that's how I got started on it. I was about 12 when I really embraced being a big Star Wars fan. Um, that's that's really when I, I got really into it and started reading all the books and, and that sort of thing. Now, uh, Josh mentioned he's a collector. I, I am also a collector. I have, a, have every... Star Wars book ever made before Disney bought them and a bunch of Legos in here and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys, did you guys watch it as kids? You just casual, casual fans haven't ever seen it. Uh, I, so I saw the Chief, special gonna, edition. Chief, I'll that, break your heart. My first Star Wars movie yeah. was the third one. That, yeah, sorry, episode three. Episode you've three. Told, you've yeah. told me that before. That's uh, interesting. I mean, you were ten. That's pretty rough for a ten-year-old. I saw. Matter of fact, when did that when did that come out? Was that two thousand five? Two thousand five. I uh, so the special editions are really when I got back into it. Um, funny enough, I went on a church trip 
and uh, had to buy, was looking for music to buy. I, I, I bought, I bought, they, they came out with the soundtracks that were the entire score in order, two disc things or four cassettes if you had cassettes. And I bought the CD for the first one, but then I went on a big church trip out to San Antonio. And uh, when we stopped in Mississippi at a mall, I, I bought uh, the on cassette because I didn't have a portable CD player in 1997. Uh, <laughs> I bought mm-hmm. uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And, and those soundtracks, I just listened to those all the time. And then those, those movies um, had come out that year as well. And so when I was 12, 13 is when um, I, I got really back into it because of the special editions. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, the, there's a mall in like Jackson, Mississippi that we always stopped at on church trips when we came east. So it's probably there's like this yeah. one mall whose entire business yeah. mall is get a bunch of church <laughs> so kids to come into our Sam Goody and buy CDs. Yeah. Uh, I think my first Star Wars experience was I saw the... I saw them probably on tape as a little yeah. kid and then saw them all in the special editions in 97. And right. then I remember getting my mom, like picked me up and took me out of school to go see episode one when it came out. And it was the first movie that I ever remember being disappointed in. Like, even, oh, really? <laughs> like as a kid being like, wait, I Man, thought you, all movies were great. Like, you were what? Thir- 13 then? Yeah, I was 13. I remember being like, wait, this is not, as good as the other ones. I was, I remember being actively bummed out and that was, I didn't even see the second one in the theaters. I don't even know if I saw the third one in the theaters, to be honest with you. I kind of was just bummed out of the whole thing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wasn't uh, actually allowed when I was a little kid to watch star Wars because it had, uh, versions of witchcraft. Sure. Oh. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, yeah. A lot of that type of stuff I, I had to get into when I was a little bit older. You got into witchcraft um, when you were not, older. Not, yeah, witchcraft definitely <laughs> yeah. not hardcore, but hardcore witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to defend the second trilogy, which is actually the you know the first chronologically, right. for no other reason than in the second in in episode two, which may be. The my least favorite of all of them is the worst oh, movie. Absolutely. It's the worst. It, one. it is yeah. so abundantly clear that Hayden Christensen is just checked out in front of a <laughs> like the the line I hate sand. It's cool <laughs> and it gets everywhere. Is like one of the <laughs> one of the best worst moments in movie history. Oh yeah, absolutely. everyone should everyone should suffer through that movie. Just to laugh at how bored Hayden Christensen is for two and a half hours. It's awesome. <laughs> that that is that is such a bad, bad line. And it, it is uncomfortable to actually watch him say that. <laughs> and also the hell? around the time that Ian McGregor, who's a great actor, is just mailing it in at some point. Yeah. Well, he, hey, he's actually uh, of the of the three movies consistently. He's the only person in those movies that's like, oh, okay, this guy's you know, he's he's, he's doing all right with what he's uh, like given to do here. So when, uh, okay, when that was going on and everybody was dogging on the prequels, yeah, you as a hardcore Star Wars fan, did yeah. it become difficult to be a hardcore Star Wars fan? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. Yes, because there, so there is a big section of uh, the 
original trilogy people that do not like those movies and they were never going to like those movies and my 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 theory on that is they spent 20 years building up in their heads um what they thought those movies were supposed to be and when they that didn't happen then it really upset a lot of them but here's the thing when episode one came out it was not panned by the fans it like at first when it when it first came out it people liked it i mean it made a gazillion dollars and people didn't complain about it even original trilogy people kept going back to see it it wasn't until it, it was the first victim of of the internet hate machine that that happens on the internet with virtually everything now um and, and it got trashed it it just kind of snowballed from internet forums like the jedi council and all this stuff or jedi jedi form whatever those forums were um and, and hogville I, I think is one of them it, it <laughs> made it made a <laughs> tiger droppings uh, yeah um but it, it was not until a little while after it had come out that it, it became a thing to hate hate them and now it's just a thing like people that don't really maybe haven't even seen the movies just it's just a thing you you know that jar jar binks sucks and all this you know th- those movies stink and I think they're unfairly treated. Episode two is just, it's just a boring movie and it looks the worst because it was filmed at 720p and completely digitally before that was really a ready technology. Uh, it, really what everyone wanted to see was three and they wanted that for three movies. And and I get it. I mean, that, that would have been better. Um, you wanted to see Anakin Skywalker be Anakin Skywalker, the, the hero fighting people and not, this whiny dude. Um, I just wanted more Darth Maul. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it's I just a shame. More pod raising. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's damn it, Ryan. <laughs> I will. I do say now this is pod racing a lot. Oh man. When I light something, you you might hear me go. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Look, that is the level I played more than anything else in Lego Star Wars. Hey, you know what got uh, me back into Star Wars was, was so Shadows much of fun. the Empire on N64. So, oh, so that yeah. I that should say that is that is really when I got back into Star Wars is when that happened because they they treated that that came out in 1996 and they treated that like a like a movie like it was coming out like a movie. It was There's the a soundtrack. best movie they'd come out with. Well, um, and apparently I found out recently the gamers don't like that game. <laughs> <laughs> Those people are crazy. It's, that game rules. It's not. It's not. It's not considered a good game. I. I. The thing I hated was that I. I didn't have an N sixty four. My parents were weird and wouldn't wouldn't buy me a game console. Uh, I, the only have? game. The only game console I had was a any uh, Nintendo Entertainment System that I got in nineteen eighty nine, and came with one game, uh, the Duck Hunt uh, Super Mario Combo, and I was not allowed to have any other games until I beat that and your boy couldn't beat Super Mario at five years old. So, uh, it was, uh, it, it was grueling, but I was mad because I, I didn't have a 64. Um, that same, uh, 
involved in that same church trip I mentioned before. We visited a family in Mississippi, and they had it, and that was the first time I got to play it. But um, it finally came out on PC, and I, I like it too, but it, it's not considered a, a good game, unfortunately. The book is super weird. It's got a lot of sexual stuff in it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want in my Star Wars. The Shadows of the Empire book? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. There's a uh, there's a uh, well Prince Shizor. I don't know if you remember him. He's the anta- or the uh, pro- antagonist in that. I probably movie. have not played that game in Ryan's entire lifetime. Yeah, probably not. I mean, he was one. Sure. When now, now I have this mental image of Fabio being on the cover of the Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> yes, uh, essentially the like, like the Gronk like it's like the Gronk uh, romantic novel. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that ninety six ninety seven is really when I got back into it, and I've just I've, uh, I you know I, there was a time maybe around junior year of high school that I may have been a little too cool for it. I stopped like reading the books and stuff like that, but um, then senior year I got back into it because another movie is coming out. The uh, sweet. Well, we had some we, we asked this question to our fan base. As small as it is, we asked <laughs> the dozens of you. We asked, "What are some things you're into that you have to maybe try to explain?" And we got some pretty cool answers. Um, Josh Dub, our own Josh Dub of CollegeManly.com, said, "I had a lot of spare time in the fall of 2014. Yada yada yada. I built a super huge Auburn database full of useless information. Now, he's right. It is a huge database." Useless is a judgment call because a lot of it has become very useful. He has a database that can tell you literally everything, everything. about every game that Auburn has ever played. Like the he guy can tell you about what Auburn's record is when it's sixty-three degrees at kickoff and seventy-eight at fourth quarter. Yeah, or when it's <laughs> when it's sixty-three degrees in kickoff against coaches whose last names start with B. Like it's unbelievable. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty nifty or in conference games against teams that are purple at their at their home stadium since 1999. Oof, oof. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah. so then we had another guy fight on the field at fight on the field said, "Don't know if it's a weird hobby, but I think I like having books more than I like reading books. I own over 800 books. I've probably read around 30 percent of them." <laughs> I get that from my mom. She has books in every room of her house. I have an entire I have an entire series of books that I've not read a single book. That's that's pretty standard. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I mean, I hope that's not weird because it have, is weird. It is weird to have eight hundred books. <laughs> I have so many books, and I like I'll buy books and just never read them. I don't I don't know why I do that. Yeah, that happens uh, to me. But I don't buy like a series of books. <laughs> well, no, I, I got I got where he was coming from though. Like he said, he'd he'd buy a book and then he'd find out there's a there's a, it's like in the middle of a series or whatever, and so then he wouldn't read it until he could collect right. the whole series. I've been there and then just don't you end up not even reading it then. It's a futile uh, enterprise. I do the same thing, but with a bunch of like Auburn hats, like. <laughs> J&M just dropped Pat Dye's old circle Auburn hat, the game hat, in white. And 
I already had two of them. I had bought one off of Etsy from like 1990, a couple of months ago, and gave it to James Jones. And so I only had two. I bought three of them just so that I had enough of those circle Auburn hats to wear for the next 50 years. If right. I need. <laughs> not That's only so that, not only that, badgered their online Instagram account enough to get them to confirm for me that they are doing the Navy one. Yes. And I would buy five of those. Yes. I don't, I'm Jessica, if you hear this, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need more hat space. Yeah. I'm that, I'm that way about like bike stuff. I have so many bike hats and clothes that I don't ever wear. I have waterproof socks that you can wear on, underneath your bike shoes so your feet don't ever get wet or cold. Here's the thing. Mm. I hate riding my bike when it's below 75 degrees outside. So I never do it. But if you did have to. So like, if something were to happen, like the other day I rode, it was freezing outside. This was like back in January. And I was so bundled up. I actually had a good time because I finally have the right gear. I still didn't wear those socks because it still wasn't cold enough to need them. I will never wear them. They've never been worn. They still have the tag on them. They will never get worn. All right. And Anna Lee Jordan. Uh, you have so much bike stuff. Sorry. You have so much biking stuff. I've seen you wear biking gloves to play golf. Those are my only gloves. I wear those gloves to do everything. <laughs> I do yard work with those gloves. Those are my gloves. Some people have. I mean, like, if, yeah. Crow, if you've, I mean, honestly, if uh, thermal bike socks become our currency in the next six months, I know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, Anna Lee Jordan wrote, my husband, Jess Jordan, built this for his kids to photograph. You can see it on our Twitter. It has real parts and gauges. It's magnificent. It is incredible. It is like a, a, a World War II aircraft cockpit sticking out the side of a garage. Like he built a loft and then built a the front of an airplane. Um, and that's where he started his bus addiction, she said. And then he, she shows two... <laughs> School buses that he owns and is outfitted into random things. This guy's rad. Um, is basically yeah, I want to meet this guy. I've learned. Yeah, so keep sending those in. What are some interesting things? And like next week, we're going to talk about some things that Ryan and I are interested in. Um, yeah. We're also going to talk a little Tiger King, I think. Maybe by then, Ryan will finish the entire show. Um, we're going to talk Spe- Tiger speaking, King for the next couple months. Speaking of being into things. Exactly. We're very into Tiger King in the College Radio <laughs> Slack. Well, Although well, I would say I, we could talk about it now because it's the unspoilable the show. It really is unspoilable. Everybody knows. I could tell yeah. you anything about that show, and you would not be able to piece together where it <laughs> happened. And, and you and you probably wouldn't believe it. You go, well, that probably didn't happen. <laughs> Credit to Josh Black. He's the one that proselytized us on that uh, show. Uh, yes, in the Slack. <laughs> Yeah, we, get, we got on that like the hour it dropped. Uh, shout out again to my wife for paying attention to things. See, my, I, I got on it and then I told my bunch of my buddies about it. And my buddy Wes was like, bro, this was an article in Rolling Stone. And I sent it to you six months ago and no one listened to me. <laughs> so I was like, what? I was like, sorry, Wes. We aren't all as hipsters you are on the Rolling Stone subscription. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, it's always good to talk to you. Um, Josh, thanks for coming on. If you have any other concepts or ideas of things you want to hear about from this show, we're going to get that. Something maybe, to watch. Something to watch. Maybe, maybe we'll get that top five list of things that we think we should rewatch. Um, put that up on the site or something. Oh, 
I will say uh, everyone should go search for some good news on uh, YouTube. Yeah, it's good times. It's John Krasinski from The Office, and uh, he's just trying to put a YouTube news network together where he just reports on good news, and it was uh, it's pretty pretty heartwarming. Yeah. Hey, also everybody, go watch WrestleMania this weekend. You ain't got anything else going on. If anything, it's going to be super bizarre. There's going to be nobody there. It's like watching a plane crash. Yeah. Only, only not as like awful. episode two of Star Wars. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like watching a bunch of theater kids practice Gosh, their one act play. What are we looking for at WrestleMania? Uh, we are looking for, uh, well, Roman Reigns bowed out because God bless him. He's a cancer survivor, so he doesn't want to get the coronavirus. And so we don't know who is going to face our mortal enemy, Bill Goldberg this weekend for the title. Bill Goldberg's Uh, still wrestling? Yeah. He's getting paid over a million dollars just to do this. And he went to Georgia, so screw him. Is he undefeated uh, still? Roman Reigns was a tech guy too, wasn't he? Yeah, James yeah. hates yeah. Roman was, Reigns. That's a little rivalry there. Yeah, Roman Reigns, who famously had a sack of Brandon Cox, uh, thanks to Trey Smith not being able to have any sort of backside protection. Um, <laughs> I, I want to see that that fight at WrestleMania. Trey Smith versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> uh, so, yeah, Goldberg. He'd be like an Eddie Guerrero, right? Trey Smith. It's like Rey Mysterio and uh, yeah, Big yeah. Show had a fight one time. Freaking and, love uh, Undertaker is fighting in a boneyard match because they don't want to stay oh, graveyard God. right now, which oh, is sure, which sure. is probably yeah. the only thing that that horrible company should be commended for for putting these people through being around other people yeah. during the pandemic. Well, but watch it anyway because because again, those people they're putting through won't have health insurance if they don't wrestle. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. Magoo. All right. Well, line because Vince McMahon said so. Yeah. All right, guys. Wonderful talking to you all. Stay safe. Stay alone. Stay at home. Watch more Tiger King. War Eagle. Bonus.